0: Two, the other out of
1: time. Down by two. One, two, three left. Down two. Gets a shot off. Down by two.
0: Welcome back. Good to be back. Good to be back from, uh, from the summer. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the rest of your summer, as I know I did, as I know Bird did. Uh, here we are back at it again. The Down by Two podcast! Brought to you by our good old friends at Cryer Media. Visit Cryer.co for all things DV2 and sports-related content. And by our buddies over at Indestructible Clothing Company. Visit Indestructible online. Use promo code Down by 2 all one word, lowercase, for 15% off your next order. How about that? Use and then, it. of course... Use it. Why not? Yeah, And then can't forget about our friends over at Yup Beer. Visit yupbeer.com to find a location near you. Now available across uh, grocery stores and beer stores all over Ontario. It's your boy, Josh Elijah Birdman. Good to see you, buddy. I've I've missed you. I've missed yeah. you. It's good going to withdrawal,
1: you. I feel like.
0: <laughs> dude I it was it, it was so nuts i mean i uh, i just got back from from portugal and berlin where we were on our honeymoon mm. uh our mm. honeymoon couple of honeys having a moon um but yeah just the time difference and everything like the like not only withdrawal from you <laughs> and seeing your seeing your beautiful face every week but uh, uh withdrawal from sports man like oh. i was doing whatever i could like I'm just like, what if I just sneakily just try and slide into the score bet and they just don't know where I am and then uh, I could play, no. Yeah, you've got gotta... like some VPN going on your yeah, phone. Yeah, no, they 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 figured me out quick. Um, I, I fired up, uh, I was able to get some Bodog action going on as well. So uh, I was able to get a couple in, but like fantasy wise, completely screwed as well. Like all three of my football leagues were... Just off the rails, I'm just like, there's trades going left, right, and center. I have no idea what's going all on. three of my football leagues. Like, yeah. Buddy, relax. I know. I know. It's just funny. Like, three is too much. Three is way too much because, like, there's, there's so many different variables that can go wrong. And, like, across the board, I'm just two and two. Like, it's just, you, you, there's no way that you could just win all of your fantasy leagues. So, it's, I no. feel like two, if you're doing two per sport, that's the sweet spot. Three, too much. But. Hey, even I two disagree. per sport is tough that's two per sport know, is tough um like
1: how yeah. many how many leagues are we talking you know what i mean that could add up pretty pretty quickly you're looking at like six seven yeah. eight different <laughs> drop the, different drop runs, a grand you know? on fantasy leagues Jeez, yeah man. exactly like <laughs> it's just a lot to keep up with too like maybe really got it dialed I'll... in
0: maybe what i'll do next year is i'll just draft all miami dolphins players and then when they have these like for for all of the teams maybe i'll just maybe fuck it maybe i'll do six and then uh then i'll know exactly how i'm doing across the board Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean if you're putting up 70 points i'm like yeah i I, i'm pretty sure you'll win your league um so Yeah. yeah it's pretty nuts but um uh you know it's it's again good to be back um just wish that our first episode back was under different circumstances as we we're focusing in on our Toronto Blue Jays as they were swept for a second straight postseason in a row, uh, this time at the hands of the Minnesota Twins as they fell 2 nothing to the Twins uh, winning both the, their games at Target Field in Minnesota. Um, just literally depressing and and we, we we talked about this uh with our guests on the show uh who we are really excited to be able to sit down um with a uh former guest on the podcast as well and formerly on Tim and friends and sports nets Jesse Rubinoff uh chatted with him immediately after the game last night like hey let's sit down and, and chat about this a little bit and just break things down um I don't know about you I didn't get much sleep after the game I just you know lied awake in my bed staring at the ceiling just <laughs> figuring out where it all went wrong, and you know, there's just so many fingers that you can point. But for me, I'm just—I'm not really as upset as a lot of other Jays fans are. No, because I'm not surprised. Uh, I—that's what I was going to say. Like, we, we've been—we've been talking
1: about this all year, and I feel like we were more frustrated like three, four months ago than we are now. You see, this, this is just—this is just an extension of what we've been watching f- all fucking year. So. You know, like going into it, I was like, oh, you know, Minnesota. OK, but I feel like we all kind of fell into that trap of like the Leafs last year getting matched up with the Panthers and just being like, yes, oh, OK, sick. Yeah, no, we got this. We don't have to do the Rays. We don't have to face the, the juggernaut Orioles like, you know, the, this this might be a good path uh to making next
0: round you know and man it's just not not, even close not even close our our pitching is outstanding and of course you got to score runs if you're gonna win a baseball game i mean you can't score one collective run over the two (laughs) games it's just that's that's bad mathematically it is not possible (laughs) you're not gonna (laughs) win um it's just, you know, I mean, I guess we preemptively already saw this and and like I've like I've been preaching to go four and nine uh, to four, win four of your last nine games to end the regular season. And then to see the Blue Jays celebrating by losing to get into the playoffs like you're limping in. This was with- another point of contention for a lot
1: of people. And it's like, yeah,
0: I get it. That's that's
1: tradition. You play one hundred and sixty two games like it's mm-hmm. a long year. And you know, only one team from each division makes the playoffs, right? So to to get into that wild card even, it's 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 an accomplishment, right? Sure. But that's the bare minimum that we're asking from the squad. (laughs) That's it is
0: the like that's our championship right there. You yeah, basically like you missing the wild card that like that's not an option. Like that's not what the team is built for. That's not uh, what they what this window suggests. This team was built to win this year, let alone make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And it's I would just... feel guilty if that was me celebrating. I'd be like, mm,
1: this doesn't feel Job's right. Not finished.
0: Honestly, job the finished. job hasn't I even started.
1: So. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: like... no, it hasn't. It's just a lot of frustration, uh, and we've we've seen it online, we've seen it in the media uh, around everywhere. It's it's just been. Um, You know a lot to digest but for but for us you know we we can't say we didn't warn you uh we we we've we've been talking about this with the multiple guests that we've had on the show um you know the 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 jays did do what they needed to do to get into the playoffs which is you know not win games but at the hands of seattle you know uh not pulling it together towards the end of the season um all in all i mean yeah you, you get what you wish for and it was minnesota and I mean, we, we matched up pretty good against the Rays. We played all right in the trop throughout the season. Um, you, know, you know, they could have ended differently, but, you know, they, we we got the hand that we were dealt with. And and here to break it down with us is, again, Sportsnet, uh Jesse Rubinoff uh, being able to jump on the show. So let's take a look and jump into that. But first, let's just fire off a couple quick bets. Um, this is actually going to be uh, – we've always preached the um, – the concept of line shopping and finding the best odds across the different sports books, using the Betstamp app, finding the best odds out there and being able to maximize your returns. Uh, But that's going to be coming to an end soon. So uh, stay tuned because we got some pretty, pretty cool news coming up. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to share some of the uh, new benefits of uh, what we're about to roll out. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But when it comes to our picks, we got a couple picks lined up here for you for the weekend uh, week, five of football coming down uh, this weekend um look i'm just gonna i'm gonna start off with my pick real quick here Uh, i i really like the texans man i'm on the stroud train um it's crazy to think that i would ever take the texans on the money line but they you know dismantled a good pittsburgh defense um they've they've managed to make it to two and two uh after beating the jacksonville jaguars who are no slouch of a team this year either i mean they they do have their issues they got to work through but man the texans uh, are, are making things happen stroud um you know definitely Uh, figuring things out and he's he's, he's looking uh, like a very steady good quarterback and looking like the rookie uh, that everyone um, you know thought that he could be Um, definitely looking like it was the better pick out of uh, between him and and Bryce Young but early on in the season um, I don't know (laughs) I'm watching more Texans football right now I don't know I mean like I'm I'm all over the board here but yeah, I like the Texans. Take the money line. They're facing a Falcons defense that, you know, can be a little bit stingy, but I'm uh, I'm not too worried about it. I think Stroud will definitely uh, connect with Nico Collins a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I just like I, I kind of like this pick and not really afraid of the Falcons, and they don't really have much of a quarterback in Ritter. So there you have it. Take the Texans on the money line. best odds I found were at plus 114, available over on Pinnacle. Jesse, what about you? Um, hello. Uh, just to add to that, I...
1: I I saw a lot of people saying that the Jaguars had like a pretty easy path to winning, winning the division. Right. So do you think, do you think (laughs) that? that. (laughs) Oh, was that your pick? Okay. I mean, (laughs) shit, might've been you. Uh, (laughs) So do you think a lot of other people thought the same too? It's yeah, not just, do you think that's been take, but... Jeopardy, or like, do you think the Texans have a pretty good chance to challenge yeah. for that? Or yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I still, th- I mean, the schedule hasn't changed for them. Um, but some of the wins, you know, they lost to the they lost to the Falcons, and that's one that you could definitely, um, chalk up to it. Uh I look, I, I still think that they, um, they'll, they'll figure things out. Trevor Lawrence will still, um, uh, he's, he's looked okay. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll have to take a look. Uh, I, I, I still think that they have a good chance of winning their division because there's not a lot of competition when you're looking at it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I definitely think um, yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. They have too many weapons to not be that good. Um, the Bengals, on the other hand, I mean, don't even get me started on that. I, I don't even know what's Yikes. going on with pay <laughs> hey, the man, and he just stops playing football. But, you know, we digress. We digress happens. a bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm talking talk about our Lions, man. Yeah,
1: the Lions. Oh, our Lions. Yes, I like that. Um, <laughs> Roar. <laughs> um the lions are looking like the real deal finally dude like yeah man you know yeah. like i feel like we kind of got like a little glimpse of that last year but there's just too many close games right like you can't win all those close games so oh. they're finally looking like the team that maybe we thought they were last year and they're going to go up against the the panthers who like dude, let's dude. face it they'll be lucky if they get a win or two this year so yeah um yeah, um, no, yeah. I think
0: that's an easy one, easy one to hammer the spread. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, like it's it. always it's always uh, look like man. When you're looking at minus nine and a half, uh, it's 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 tough. You see other books that have it out at minus ten and a half, but I like nine minus nine and a half. Um, I'll maybe go on the under for that too. It's looking like it's around forty four uh, mm-hmm. for the points. So when you see that minus nine and a half spread, you can uh, probably look at a at an under for that game. Um, Carolina just can't put up points on the board, man. Um, yeah. Bryce Young's got to figure it out. Um, it's looking like Miles Sanders, uh, their their RB one, uh, could potentially be injured for that week. So you know, without them, like they, they, he's got some options. I mean, thielen has been playing pretty good, but um, you know, just all around, it's 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 looking a little looking a little bleak for the for the Carolina Panthers as opposed to the Detroit Lions. I mean, it, Dan Campbell's got them running through a brick wall. They're looking gritty. Yeah. Um, you know, David Montgomery playing that cowbell running back. It's uh, yeah, they're rolling. they're rolling, man. They're rolling. I, I like it a lot. Going to be looking at some player props for that, too. Um, but yeah, got a lot of fun football coming up this weekend. Uh, really excited for some of the matchups. But um, like we mentioned, we had Jesse Rubinoff uh, from Sportsnet breaking down what was a disaster of a of an ending to a season that had a lot of high hopes and a lot of, um, you know, aspirations for a World Series, let alone make it out of the first round of the playoffs, which they did not. So here he is, Jesse Rubinoff, breaking it all down for us all right let's just jump right into it we have uh jesse rubinoff from sportsnet and formerly from tim and friends as well joining us back on the show thank you so much for jumping back on with us uh unfortunately this time around under different circumstances different different topic of conversation here um as the blue jays were swept uh to nothing uh in the series and the score from last night in game two as well in minnesota um Let's let's get your thoughts on it. I mean, there's been a bit of a divide when it comes to where to point the finger. Is it mm-hmm. the call to take Barrios out uh, in the fourth or obviously a, a lack of run production? But let's get to the root of what the problem is and what you were able to take away um, with that decision.
2: Yeah, well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Brother, Happy great Chris. to have you back on, man. Um, the root of the issue for sure in this two-game series was not the pitching and not the managing Decisions. It was the offense, and that, to I think, a lot of people who watched this team over the course of 162, and then 164, would tell you that that was the issue that plagued this team the entire way through. They couldn't score when it mattered. They had very difficult times putting big numbers, crooked numbers, up on the board. And the reality is, when you don't score, it's very hard to win baseball games. Of course. But I think even even more than that, in the fact that I consider why I consider this to be probably the most embarrassing loss that I've seen maybe in my 30 plus years of of following Toronto Blue Jays. I don't think I've seen to this moment in time, a single person that agreed with the decision to take Jose Barrios out of the game yesterday. Not one, Mm -hmm. not one outside of the Toronto Blue Jays organization, not the Minnesota twins. They didn't think it was a smart decision. Not anybody watching that game, not any fans, not any followers, nobody. So when that's the case, and you as an organization think you're smarter than everybody else, and it comes back to bite you, that I think is when fans look at it and say, look, that's a little over the top. That's a little too much for me and too embarrassing and too much to take. There was no reason to take Jose Barrios out of that game whatsoever. I was watching it. I was at the office watching it. And Mm -hmm. we were all absolutely flabbergasted by that because as John Schneider even said, Jose Barrios may have had the best stuff he's had all year. Electric. Been the best stuff he's had as a Toronto Blue Jay. And you just signed this guy to a long-term deal for $131 million. If you don't think he can go through the order a second time, then why did you re-sign him? He was unbelievable yesterday. Yeah, he had a walk, but the walk was a good decision instead of giving a fastball down the middle and potentially running into some problems. Absolutely. This was a plan that came from, clearly, front office and john schneider i think probably had a decision to make over the course of the game do i go with the plan that we had this is just me speculating but this Mm -hmm. is what i think makes the most sense and he didn't trust his gut and didn't trust his eyes and decided to be essentially a yes man to the front office and make a decision that was not the right decision to make in that moment so for me that's why it's incredibly embarrassing uh, of a loss and disappointing and then number two, Vladimir Guerrero getting picked off at second base simply can't. Yeah. It just can't happen. In it's that inexcusable. Moment. It's it's completely inexcusable. And there have been many times over the course of this season, in a season where the Blue Jays, I think, were preaching uh, attention to detail from right at the beginning of the season, spring training. That was their go-to phrase. We're going to be smarter than next, than last year. It's going to be all attention to detail. And they didn't have it for the majority of the season. They were bottom five in the league and uh, outs on the base pass. And to have a guy Definitely. who it was so bizarre, it was like he was almost focused on Bo being at the plate and telling Bo to sort of calm down and you can do it, and not paying attention to his own situation in a moment that could have flipped the game and ultimately flipped the entire postseason for the Toronto Blue Jays. Your best hitter at the plate, and yeah. you get picked off at second. And really, from those two moments, from the Rios getting pulled and what that does to the rest of the team who probably didn't agree with it and some of them said it, to Vladdy getting picked off at second,
0: those there a are almost
2: impossible to come back from. And you saw it in just a, a, a disappointing way to end the season when – and I believe, and I said this uh, a bunch of times on the radio over the course of the summer, they had the recipe, guys. Like, this was a team that really could have done some damage just based on the fact that the rotation was – the the best in in baseball frankly and they had a bullpen that was good enough and so to sit here today and and have them be out it just feels like a lot of it was self-inflicted and that's just unacceptable
0: yeah, I mean the the call to take out Barrios. It, it's just you know you you mentioned that it might not have been Schneider's call. Um, it might have come from up top as well. Yeah. But it almost felt like they went in with that game plan that you know at some point they were going to put in Kikuchi whether whether anybody liked it or not. Like it's almost like they didn't even game plan for Barrios to be pitching lights out, uh, which is which is what really is infuriating about that is is that you know they were going to go ahead and do that anyways. But what's also baffling to me is why Kikuchi? I don't understand why they wouldn't put in one of their trusted lefties from the pen that are built for that sort of situation. Why do you think that they decided to just go with Kikuchi, who, great pitcher, I don't know how clutch he is, though. It's not like he screams clutch to me.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's no question of the course of uh, you say Kikuchi's Blue Jays career. He has struggled in, in big pressure moments, I would say, last year, uh, obviously, more than this year. He did a much better job this year, and he was a much, much better pitcher. But I do do think when they were looking at who they could use, they had this thing in their minds that, okay, game one, they used a lot of their relievers. And game two, they had this idea where John Schneider said after the game, they wanted to try and utilize as much of the roster as they possibly could. And rightly or wrongly, that involved Yusei Kikuchi, probably Chris Bassett, or I know Chris Bassett was also available for game two, which to me didn't make a lot of sense considering if you were – to have a game three potentially if you're going to come back who's going right. to end up pitching game three so ultimately Bassett didn't see the light of day in that game but bringing kikuchi in was something i think they they looked at the lineup and they said we have a guy who potentially could give us a couple innings here as a standout lefty over the course of the year he has come out of the bullpen in the past not this season obviously but has done it in the past before effectively he throws hard. His breaking stuff can be nasty when he throws off of that fastball. Mm -hmm. And that's what they saw. And they thought that bringing him in against lefties was going to force Rocco Baldelli's hand to try and make some moves, get the lefties out of the game. And Baldelli said, okay, if you're going to hand this to me on a silver platter and take a guy who's basically untouchable out of the game, then I will make those moves now because now in the postseason, in this inning is the time to strike. If we can get one or two or three against Kikuchi here, then we're going to end up winning the game because you're not going to be able to touch our pitcher, who's Mm -hmm. Sonny Gray was the race all year. And you're not going to be able to touch our bullpen. Like they couldn't touch the bullpen in game one either. So that was the critical point of the game. Baldali said, all right, I'm good with your decision-making. Let me counter to that. And it ended up working against the Blue Jays, a decision I wouldn't have made. And I think probably if you pulled the rest of the teams around baseball, I don't think you'd find one other team that would have agreed with the decision that Trump made yesterday. And I'm not, and this isn't revisionist history either. Like, I think in the moment, it's one thing to look back on a move afterwards and say, oh, I don't agree with it. And, and you could say, well, cause it didn't, it didn't work out. That's easy to say, yeah. but in the moment, in the moment, everyone I know who we were talking about, cause you, you saw him pitching, you saw Kikuchi pitching in the bullpen and he was pitching with some authority and you knew he was coming in at some point soon. So I think seeing that, you're like, what are they doing? Barrios is cooking. You got to let the guy cook. So in the moment, nobody agreed with it. And then after the result, clearly nobody agreed with it even more.
0: What's what, what is even more baffling to me is that they've kind of been down this road when you don't have to look much further than last year in game two. I mean, it's it's I, I got similar feelings. It's not the same uh, scenario because the Blue Jays absolutely crumbled in game two against the Mariners. But you look at the decision to take out Gosman instead of letting him work through his uh, quote unquote mess. It wasn't really, it would have made it out fine, but had he not been pulled, then, you know, it led to a maze, of wild pitch and then a three run home run. And that began the downfall of the blue Jays there, but it's almost like they've, they, they've trusted the numbers before, and this was a way riskier situation. So I really don't understand uh, why they would have done that and gone with the numbers as opposed to their gut. And to me, I don't know if you agree, but and, and Jesse, we've been ta- talking about this a lot today too. Is I find that was more critical uh, than you know uh, the lack of base uh, or um, run production for the Blue Jays. Um, obviously, Guerrero getting picked off was just flat out embarrassing. But um, you know, had Barrios worked through that and they didn't pull him, then uh, the bullpen hadn't surrendered a run. And I don't count Kikuchi as a part of the a part mm-hmm. of the bullpen. Um, you could be looking at a zero-zero scenario in extras. Yeah. So, I mean, you really don't know how that could have played out. So, do you think that that was more pivotal than you know a lack of run production? I mean, it's it's hard to kind of
2: weigh your options, but no, I, I do think it's a really good point because it shifted the tenor of the entire game. It gave the yeah. Twins. Yeah some momentum when they didn't have any because Barrios, aside from the walk was pretty much mowing
0: them down he was, he
2: was pretty much untouchable like we said had his best stuff he's maybe ever had as a toronto blue jay and then as soon as Barrios got taken out of the game you could almost see like the twins eyes light up So, like why why would <laughs> the blue jays make this decision and then on the blue jay side of things you have a guy that's going at that level like you're pretty confident that okay we're going to figure it out Barrios is good you're comfortable that you're going to get your chance, right? But then you take Rios out of the game and everyone on the team, I think you heard them in the post game, but none of them could really explain. That furious, <laughs> Right. So yeah. in that moment, I think as a player, you're like, what's going on? Like, what do they not trust us to score one run or two runs eventually? Like, why are they micromanaging this game to this? degree. And I think you start to, it takes away a little bit from your focus. Maybe it shouldn't, but I think it's human nature to just start asking questions and being like having the momentum sort of stripped away from you in that moment. So I do think things could have turned out a little bit uh, differently. Yeah. There's no question about it. There was more pressure, I think, on them afterwards because we've seen all year long, the blue Jays have difficulty when they play from behind and they played from behind a lot, a lot this season, but say Barrios had got out of that inning uh, scoreless and they go into the next inning and you, you, you score because you're still you're still feeling yourselves a little bit more. That changes everything. That changes everything. And maybe it's too much to ask that they could have put even one run on the board. But I do think the pulling of Barrios really affected the game psychologically on, on both sides. And I don't think people give that enough credit because if I'm out there and I'm seeing Barrios go, going like that, I don't want to see him out of the game if I'm a Blue Jay
0: well then you also I mean like they're getting the pen warmed up in the second right and that the only person who wasn't uh you know phased by that was was Barrios because he kept pitching lights out and then uh, you know if you're in the Jays dugout that would suck the life out of you seeing that you know one of your best pitchers out there and and pitching a hell of a game and then to see the bullpen getting getting fired up too it's just for me that would completely suck the energy out of uh, out of the clubhouse so um moving forward, there's a lot of decisions that are yeah. gonna have to be made. Tons yeah. of decisions. There's a lot of free agents that are um that are gonna be hitting the market. It's gonna be a tough sort of free agent pool when we're looking at the offseason here. Um it's it's a it's a mess right now when it comes to the Jays. I'm not sure what direction, but you know, what do you see potentially panning out or what direction would you say the Jays may go in?
2: Yeah, well, they do have a significant number of free agents. Kevin Kiermaier, Matt Chapman, with Merrifield has a, a mutual option with the team. I can't imagine seeing him back. I, I would think that <laughs> Chapman's probably, especially after what Whit had to say about yeah, saying yeah. he hated it quite Yeah, Uh I, I don't see a, a lot of those guys coming back. I think there's going to be, More of a wave of the Buffalo Bisons that we saw when in August and September there was that little Bisons bump. And I think those guys are going to get an opportunity in spring training to make the opening day roster. Uh, Matt Chapman's going to get paid by somebody. I don't think it's going to be by the Toronto Blue Jays because at his age, it'd be 31. I believe, and defense is usually the first thing to go when you get over 30. And we saw how he declined at the plate from April onwards. He was one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball in April and then uh, really really struggled the rest of the year and Mm -hmm. had potentially a couple big moments in the postseason. But that's baseball. didn't work out. A couple inches here, a couple inches there. That's the way it goes. Uh, I would imagine that if, you know, Brandon Belt seems like he – He's going to take some time, but looks like a guy who's ready to retire. Uh, Kiermaier, <laughs> I would imagine, is probably at his age going to see who can pay him the most on the open market. Uh, yeah. Similar to Chapman, similar to Whit Merrifield. So I think the, the majority of those guys are probably not going to be back. So this team is going to look uh, much different come mm-hmm. spring training in February uh, next year. Uh, I think they probably. Will look to make a big swing, whether you make a phone call for Shohei Ohtani or something like that. Like you, you need to do something. But I am very much concerned about this missed opportunity in this postseason, like I was a year ago. Yes, because it's not every year where you have the, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox struggle to their degree, and now the Baltimore Orioles have leapfrogged you in the division. The Tampa Bay Rays, while they struggled in the postseason, are always good somehow. Yeah, And the division is just going to get harder. And when you don't, there were two things that I've, I've criticized Ross Atkins for heavily over the last couple of years. And both times it involved not supplementing this roster more at the trade deadline. And I know that they went out and got Jordan Hicks, who was the best reliever out mm-hmm. in the open market. And he's also a free agent. And I would love to have them try and bring him back because of course. he's actually, uh, he's the real deal. And yeah, he, he has some issues with free passes at times, but That's a guy you want in your bullpen. So I would, I would hope that they try and pony up for him. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you needed to address this offense at the deadline. And just like two years ago, they needed to do more to address the bullpen. And it always feels like the weakness for this team can be identified at various points of the season. And they haven't done enough to try and put this team over the top. And when you have a window to try and win, you have to take advantage of that next year, guys, I'm gonna call it right now, there's no chance they have four starters with over 30 starts. That does not happen. It just doesn't no. happen. And no Gossman and Bassett and Barrios and Kikuchi all having ERAs under 380. That doesn't happen in major no. league
0: baseball. No. Like they're
2: all getting older
0: and- This was to, the window.
2: To expect, exactly, to expect them to have the health that they had this year, the consistency that they had this year, that stuff does not happen. So I'm very concerned that they may have missed an opportunity here. And, yeah, they're going to have a chance to salvage it by seeing what they do in the free agent market and whether David Schneider's great or Ricky Tiedemann comes up or something like that. But barring a major move, I'm not going to have the same optimism in this team moving forward as I did exactly. this season because this this was yeah. the year to really – this was a, they had a pitching staff to win the World Series, not to win a game no. or a wild card series. They had the pitching and the bullpen to win a World Series, and they blew it that's
0: simple as that. You know what it's it's crazy and and you know I was I was talking about this too where it's like of course I was livid when they pulled Barrios and and yeah did I get up from my couch and silently walk into my bedroom and scream into a pillow when Guerrero got picked off? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm not surprised i'm not surprised at this effort uh i I, I was afraid this was going to happen and it kind of did because this is the same sort of blue jays that we've seen all year and knowing that this is our window that's what makes it even more frustrating when you have a team like the blue jays that limp into the playoffs the way they did and then celebrate something that they haven't even accomplished much for anyways so it's you know to go four or nine to to limp into the playoffs this was not a team that i was necessarily confident in and then obviously going into next season i'm feeling even less confident and less optimistic much like Yeah, I,
2: I feel like they need to address certain things, whether, you know, specifically offensively. Their approach this year, whatever they were preaching, did not work. No, And they made the, the change and, I guess, sacrifice to take power away from this lineup in order to be better defensively. And it simply did not work. Whatever they were preaching to the hitters, they have to find a way to either get more power internally and try and have these guys pull more baseball as opposed to try and use, uh, the rest of the field, which seems to be the message that was, was used for the duration of this season, or they got to supplement it from outside because mm-hmm. you cannot, when, when you guys are all hitting two forty 40 to two sixty, you aren't going to string together enough rallies to compensate for the, the lack of power that you have in your lineup. And it was a different team this year than last year, like last year was sort of all or nothing with the home run ball. This was the complete and utter opposite. And at the beginning of the year and really throughout the year, like I I thought it was fine because if you can get timely hitting and you have the pitching that you have, it's, it's still doable. But at the end of the day, I think going into next year, knowing those flaws that you have, if you don't address it, you're going to run into the same problems. And that won't be good for anybody because, and also, like, the end of the day, it's also an entertainment product. Yeah. And this team was not even close to as entertaining or likable as last year. And a lot of that really was because they didn't score as much. Yeah. Like, how That's many times are you watching them screaming at the TV? Mean, like, how are they not scoring with runners in scoring position? Like, they can't do it. They got better into the end. Terrible. Of the year, But it was like a joke watching them at times. And these guys are professionals. Like, you have to have a better approach. You're being paid to score, being paid to cash runners in, and they just could not do it. So whether that's Guillermo Martinez, the hitting coach, or just a top-down approach from the front office, that needs to be addressed in in some way, shape, or form because it's really hard to win and put that kind of pressure on your pitchers for 162 games.
0: Maybe they just need to bring back the home run jacket. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that could be or a helmet or a bucket or something. Yeah, I'm guilty. I'm, definitely back guilty. <laughs> I'm
2: guilty of like uh, looking at last year's team and saying, I don't know how focused they were and how much you know fun they sure. were having. And everything was yeah. involved around the home run, Jack. And I, I know that, you know, people look at that now and say, oh, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Or <laughs> maybe they shouldn't have gotten rid of Teoscar. And maybe they shouldn't have traded Lourdes Goriel. But the idea at the time made a lot of sense, yeah. right? And it's that part of it, I think, is revisionist history to look at that and say, we shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. because there was a plan. Like, they were not good defensively last year. No, Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield was a disaster. Oh, and yeah. there was a reason why fans specifically wanted those guys. They wanted Teoscar Hernandez traded. They wanted to get more serious, more professional, and better defensively. And that's what the front office did. And whether you think at the time, giving your number one prospect and an outfielder for uh, Dalton Versho made sense. I mean, hindsight, obviously not a good deal. But the plan, at least, was there. So yeah. now you recognize your flaws at this current point you have to go out and try and address it again because uh, going into next year with the same flaws is is not going to fly
0: one more time sports nets jesse rubinoff jesse thank you so much for jumping on the show i know you got a split um but let's maybe leave this on a on a lighter note um uh, going into uh this weekend of football do you have yeah. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to? Any any uh, any games that you have circled? Um, any picks? Anything along those lines?
2: Well, uh, first of all, love the football season's in full swing here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: Hockey, basketball coming up. This is just oh yeah, that's I so today's
2: Thursday. We got uh, Commanders Bears tonight. Uh, <laughs> I think I think the Commanders are a pretty sneaky team. Like I, I like really? what Sam Howell's done. Takes a little yeah. uh, a few too many risks at times, but I like the commanders and it's sad to see what, um, the bears and, and Justin Fields yeah. have become. I know I turned, turned the corner uh, a little bit yesterday or last week, but, uh, it's, it's tough to watch at times. I, I just don't know if he's uh, progressing at, at the level you would want for, uh, a starting NFL quarterback for, of course, for, I don't know if he's, he has it in him for the next couple of years. Uh, but one team that I'm keeping an eye on that I think is really, I think, sneaky and sort of underrated at this point in time is the los angeles rams let's and go the reason I <laughs> let's say that, go i was waiting for you to say that the reason i say My that boys is i i just i think people are locked into this idea that the rams are sort of in like rebuild mode
0: Mm-mm.
2: they they traded away uh cam Akers and um jalen rams last year obviously but the emergence of puka Nakua and uh i think the a revitalized Matthew Stafford. Now you have Cooper cup coming back into the mix. Uh, We'll see if he plays this weekend, but Mm -hmm. you have Cooper cup and, and on the outside and Kieran Williams has been fantastic. The emergence of Williams, man. It's it's like, that's a lot of weapons. And I think you're seeing Sean McVay really dial up plays that, that he's using his talent uh, the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are giving them enough credit partly because they play in a division with the San Francisco 49ers. So a lot yeah. of those other teams in that division get over. And the
0: Seahawks out. as well. And Maybe the Seahawks as well. Already. But
2: I do think with Cooper Cup coming back, if he can manage to stay healthy, I think they're pretty scary. And for me, they're they're the team that I would I would watch as sort of a sleeper uh, moving through the rest of the season here. And, oh, and, and, and I'm watching every Sunday. Cooper Cup just stashed on the uh, injured reserve of my fantasy teams. Oh, yeah. Same here. Haven't I mean, watched, uh, forward, haven't watched a yeah. lot of football. I, I like them a lot.
0: <laughs> jesse thank you so much for are you a Rams fan is that big is that where the excitement oh, lies? Yeah. oh big big Rams fan yeah buddy i got uh i actually just got married and one of my wedding gifts i actually got a an la rams uh, uh replica oh super bowl ring yeah <laughs> well
2: first of all congratulations yeah thanks, thanks, thanks. really yeah that's yeah, very, yeah. very very cool man that's awesome <laughs> uh are yeah, you man, are you man, as man. bullish on the rams as uh as i am being a fan are you as optimistic Oh,
0: I mean, for sure. Absolutely. I, it, you look at last year, last year was uh, a, a huge regression from, uh, you know, from the, from the Super Bowl that they won the year before, uh, but you're dealing with an injured Stafford and then cup going down as well. There was just a lot of, you know, um, Robinson didn't work out for them as well, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of question marks, whether or not Sean McVay would come back, but since he's, uh, you know, confirmed that and, and come back, I feel like there's just a new breath of life. There's a new game plan. They, they, you know, said goodbye to Jalen Ramsey as well uh moving around some pieces but yeah the emergence of Pukunakua, I mean that's Crazy. definitely given them a huge jolt and they are a fun squad to watch and Matthew Stafford seems to be back to his normal self and uh man he is uh he he's dialing up some plays man it's it's really really exciting and electric football to watch it was it was a close call last Sunday against the Colts but yeah 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 it, it was yeah, it was a lot of fun. But uh, again, Jesse, thank you so much for jumping on the show with us. We, we really do appreciate it. And uh, can't wait to have you back on again, man. My
2: pleasure, yeah. boys, anytime. Thanks for having me.
0: Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.
1: The Podcast Superfriends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.